So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the first riot of the Luddites. Then on Tuesday, we unearthed the mad coincidence of the day two different Dennis the Menaces made their comic strip debuts. On Wednesday, the day the Spanish conquered the last Maya kingdom. Thursday was the day Colonel Sanders sued KFC. And on Friday, we recall how Vincent van Gogh's sister-in-law made his name. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that's been recorded without any fans allowed to listen. Basically the Bahrain Grand Prix of podcasts. It's for their own good. (laughs) Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that has come to a secret arrangement with the FIA about logos. Can't say any of the details, but apparently we have to avoid copyright. (laughs) I'm very angry about this and so are all my friends. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that took lots of photos of Missed Apex last year and has now copied them exactly, but pinker. That's why we're recording this in a shed! Yeah, and I'm calling myself Wrenches! Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, asking questions of F1 like that bloke from The Sun since 2015. Get your tits out, Toto! <laughs> <laughs> I'm G. Grez, and today from the Sheaf in London Bridge, we are going to talk about the 2020 Formula One season. Netflix, coronavirus, and Ferrari being lying, cheating bastards. Possibly. That's all to come. Unless it's all called off, of course. Joining me is a man who has a whole new appreciation for his parents. It is Phil Tromans. Happy New Year, everyone. No. It's nice no, to see you no. again. No. no. Is it there? Well, it's, still, it's been a long time since I've seen you, since I've seen the podcast, since I've seen the listeners that aren't here. Um, I've had a baby. Well, my wife did. It's bloody hard work. Congratulations. Thank you very much. To my mum and dad, I mean, I don't know what you were thinking, because <laughs> I'm just full of regret now for everything I put you through. And it's only been like six weeks with mine. So you, so you regret having a baby? I regret being a baby and the way that I treated my parents. Well, that's so a nice way to... How are you going to redress the balance? I mean, I'm probably not, let's be honest. It's yeah. beyond that now. Do they listen to this? Hope not. And alongside him is a man who has been on a lot of trains. It's Terry Saunders. So since the last podcast, I've had a bit of a gap yard and I've been interrailing and I went to Germany on a train because uh, I'm like, um, what's that... Girl called uh, Floella Benjamin. Yes, I like Floella Benjamin. who says, "Don't fly, Big Ted." And I decided to not fly to Germany and get the train. Okay, yeah. how was that? Long Eurostar. Then train to Cologne. Then train from Cologne to Berlin. I found a deal that said to go to Berlin was sixty quid. Wow. All in on the train on the train line. And I'm like, yeah, that's cheap. That is very good. The flights were like 30 quid. And then you've got to get to the airport and back. So I'm like, this is great. Mm. So I try and book it. It fails. And then just train line has a big error message. So I go, I'll tell you what. I'll do it separately. So I look at Eurostar, 40 quid. Right. Go to the German train websites. And they're like four, pa- four euros 50 each to get to two trains to Berlin. And wow. I'm like, bloody hell, European trains are great, aren't they? Oh, why are we leaving Europe? <laughs> Another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Book it all, so I get it all for 50 quid, because I'm thinking, train line, I'm trying to get a tenner out of me. Screw them. Then I'm talking to a friend, and my friend's like, hang on a minute, I went to Berlin on a train. It wasn't 60 quid. And I was like, well, I think I've got a good deal. And she went, can I just see your tickets? I was like, yeah, of course. And um, anyway, long story short, turns out you can, for €4.50, reserve a seat on a German train. (laughs) And somehow, the system lets you reserve a seat without buying a ticket <laughs> so, so you just bought the rights to have a ticket yes yeah, so i bought the rights to sit in a seat but i wasn't allowed on the train <laughs> <laughs> just watch your seat go there past. it is it's me i think uh, you'll find that under german logic that makes perfect sense. exactly so <laughs> very then efficient I, then i went back to look at the tickets for the german leg of the trip and it was about 100 quid so i mean that's still not bad 
Yeah, it was not bad, but it was a lot more expensive. So you know, it's national rail speaking there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that that's the same as it cost you to get home every day. I mean, if I went peak, it's not actually. That's two <laughs> days. Two days of travel going from Hayward's Heath to London and back. What is hundred quid? Jesus, you go in peak hours. That's depressing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so that was that. Sounds fun. Did you have yeah. a good time? Got coronavirus. Yay! Yay! Yay. Uh, Chica, what hast du been up to? I am an expert on coronavirus. I have been working on three coronavirus podcasts now. Wow. And they I do spread, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> now, in the few months since the last podcast, there's one thing we've missed more than anything else, and it's not the racing, it's not the politics. It is you, the listener. Without you, we're just three twats in a pub talking bollocks. And without you, we also lose a large chunk of our content. So, hey, it's time for Listener's Corner. And it's a special edition this week because so many of you wanted to talk about season two of Netflix, Drive to Survive documentary. But if you've not seen this yet, then, well, go and watch it. But lots of you have, and you've got opinions. Renelle Bester says, I can't believe FF1S Driver of the Year 2017 got a podium in Germany and hardly got a mention on DTS. There should really be more episodes. I think the prize for being the FF1S driver of the year is to not get mentioned on Netflix and to be heavily redacted. There were a few that actually didn't didn't get much of a shoe in at all, did they? There was Kofiat who had like one line, Raikkonen who had one very Raikkonen line at the end. Giovinazzi I don't remember seeing at all. No. Stroll wasn't really in it. Perez wasn't really in it. These are the same drivers that when we do the podcast week in, week out, we go, anything about them? No. So, <laughs> yeah, nothing. It's got to be about a story. They they chose stories. It wasn't about covering everyone. It was about no. picking a narrative. That's they fair, did it fair well. enough. Yeah. I, I mean, I would have, I agree with her. I would quite like to have seen more episodes. I feel like last season there was enough... There was much more going on behind the scenes than there was in the races, so mm. I could have I watched another 10 episodes of it. Matt Bryant says, So many highlights. Lewis and Toto showing why they're at the top of their game, really beating themselves up after one bad race. And Claire Williams winning at Scale Electrics, clearly meaning more to her than being at Silverstone. Will Buxton's wide eyes and dramatic pauses starting to wear thin, though? I disagree. I think Will Buxton was bloody great. I think he does a very good job. It's just that there was an awful lot of him. It's like the first episode, they had Chris Medlin, they had Will Buxton, I think they had another couple of journalists as well. And they had the bloke from The Sun very briefly. And then the rest of the time, it was just wall-to-wall Buxton. Oh, yeah, but I think that's probably because he's good at it. They he is good at it. You know, they, I reckon the others let shot themselves in the foot a bit. I mean, maybe. Maybe they just weren't Buxtonian he's, enough. He's got a flair for the dramatic. He can wrap up the narrative and thread it all through for you I like him I do think the Claire Williams scale electric thing was the most awkward thing I've ever oh, seen in my life it was a little wasn't it just oh, come on I really like Claire Williams but she's just oh she's just she's not team principal material why why do you think um, why do you think they use that do you think that was the most was exciting awkward. thing they, it was, I mean, it they was, did love the awkward it whoever was, the editor was it was the best bit of Claire Williams year was <laughs> that Skeletrix race I did think that Toto and Lewis being bad losers was good I thought it was as well I thought you didn't really see much of Hamilton in this but what you did see was bits of him I hadn't seen before I don't think I'd ever seen him swearing before True. And, I didn't, and, and when you saw him at the table like clearly working pretty hard like and, beat, and again beating himself up in Germany where it all went to shit it's like, if, I mean, you're obviously going to win the championship. You've won most of the other races this season, but he was furious and like properly aghast at how badly they'd done. Do you think it's a coincidence that all the teams have got the same debrief set up with the headphones and the long table? Do you reckon one team did it first and they've all copied? Maybe. I mean, I or guess did they all come one year and went, hey, that's our idea? <laughs> I guess it's what you can fit in a truck. It's just, it feels a bit odd. They all put their head. I mean, I guess they got headphones. I think they're on all in the same room, and they just take turns. Because <laughs> yeah. are they talking to people back at the factory? Is that why they've all got big headphones on? I think so. Yeah, and also, you know, it can be noisy, and they're probably recording it all, and well, you know, calls may be recorded for your convenience or whatever it is. I quite like George Russell being Mardy. Oh, he was. Uh, that was another sign of George Russell. Actually, it's like he seems like, uh, oh, I'm George Russell, the, the wide, a very wide-eyed little kid, just fresh in, and then he's literally going, "You guys are all shit. You've got this to is sort bullshit. This out, you <laughs> not good enough." <laughs> Fuck you. 
But that was the kind of stuff I really liked about this documentary. Like, even if you're super into F1 and you follow it super closely, there's stuff in there you'll never have seen before and aspects of all the drivers and the staff that you won't have seen before. Mike Hawkins said, what were your thoughts on how Haas looked in Drive to Survive? To me, it looked like Descent was growing towards Gunther from some engineers during his talks. It was a bit difficult second album for Haas. <laughs> Last <laughs> year, they exploded now? onto the Netflix scene with all their kind of swearing and everything. And this year, it was a bit... I've seen it all before. Yes, it's comical that they're doing so badly. Yes, Gunther's hair is weird when it's it gets stupid long and then short again yeah, and yeah. then like long looks weird do you reckon he just gets two haircuts a year <laughs> I think he's the sort of person that Netflix said to him for continuity can you cut your hair and he said pay me 100 grand I cut my fucking hair <laughs> and they went do you know what you look stupid fine do what you like. <laughs> um, I don't know it was just a bit I, it did I thought it gave more of an insight into the dynamic in the team than maybe last year did because last year it was a little, oh, it's very good to Steiner, isn't he hilarious? Whereas this time I was like, I'm not sure that's the best way to get the best out of people. Well, he just says to people, you've got to sort this out. And they go, well, it's a really complicated problem that involves science. If you haven't got the supercomputer power to do it. And he goes, ah, fucking sort it out. Oh, my head's on the block. Yeah, and then you have that I'm amazing... going to fire some bitches. Yeah, and then you have that amazing bit where Carl Haas is speaking to him. Gene and Haas. you just, oh, yeah, who's Carl Haas? And the other Haas in racing, I think. Is he the NASCAR Haas? Oh, whatever. Yeah, NASCAR? Gene Haas. Oh, yeah, okay. when Gene Haas is talking to him. And just gives him that cold look of like, I can have you killed. You, you mean nothing to me. Yes, I know that a popular F1 podcast has you on a t-shirt. But to me, that's fucking nothing. Now, sort this shit out or I go home. So what you're saying is we should do a Gene Haas t-shirt where he's like Blofeld or something like that. Except I'll call him Carl Haas. <laughs> just Carl Haas stroking a dog. Alan David's favourite bit was when Hamilton and Wolf struggle with the sponsor-friendly team name, but then Bottas rattles it off like a boss, but then looks all smug. That was quite amusing. I mean, it's funny. It's a bit cruel, but it was funny. I mean, just the way that both of them are just like, oh fuck, what's it called this season? I mean, it is a good joke that the, the teams have got these stupid sponsor names, and they don't know what it. They don't even know what they're called. I like uh, Bottas does. Bottas does. Uh, yeah. Do you reckon he's he, on a he's on a Rosberg style mission to have every single thing covered to make up for his lack of natural driving yeah, ability? He I bet his wife at night goes, "Okay, what's the team called?" <laughs> Mercedes MG Patronus powered by Patron. Fuck! Ah. (laughs) Come on, one more time. Ian Martin says, I think DTS portrayed Ricardo as a total bollard. Is he? I just think his cockiness doesn't work so well when he's driving for Renault. Also, I like the way he asked, Is he like we know? Yeah, yeah, I I can tell from watching him on the telly. It worked well when he was winning races and could have won the championship, but then when he's like, giving it all the big I am and calling everyone cunts and then in, and then coming in like 12th <laughs> it's yeah, not quite so good yeah in hindsight he looks like when in his dick, very first he? race he crashes into a bit of grass exactly. and breaks the car yeah that was pretty silly and in a similar vein Robert Barras says is it just me or did Hulkenberg come across as a bit of a dick I think this was the unfairest thing about the whole documentary is they edited Hulkenberg to look like a dick it was they totally awkward. long meandering shots where they didn't cut away after they asked him a question then he stops and then looks funny lots of kind of giving him like really hard interviews about his future which they didn't give any other drivers in the same way that was, bit when they were driving in the car and the bloke in the passenger seat of the car that Hulkenberg was driving was going so some talk that you're probably going to get fired yeah. what do you think about that and he's like mate if I hadn't had my coffee I'd throw you out of the car yeah and it was just like I just yeah, and he obviously doesn't like them when they're on the jet and he just gives them the finger and he's like yeah, fuck yeah. you Netflix like quite often throughout the whole thing yeah, so he I obviously think... doesn't want to be there and he knows he's screwed yeah. it's like the narrative in fairness the narrative that they've assigned to him is entirely accurate which oh, is you totally. know he had loads of promise he got to F1 and didn't live up to it and he's the longest serving driver who's never had a podium and, the whole and German... we all knew he was going out at the end of the season yeah and the whole German Grand Prix where he was on the podium yeah. but fucked but, it up but then he ballsed it up and that was yeah. his last chance yeah I mean the story is there for everyone to see but yeah they did they did they, they, seem they, to take quite great pleasure in, in yeah. labouring it I think they he pissed them off so much they went right we're going <laughs> to do a hatchet job on him <laughs> although the other person that I think doesn't come across well in it is Christian Horner because mm. what I've learned I think there should be a book out called Christian Horner's Management Style <laughs> which is to talk to a driver and just go uh, yeah what do it just yeah he talks to his drivers <laughs> like there's someone at a dinner party that he doesn't know <laughs> and they're like he goes like 
Oh, so Gasly's like really stressed. He's up against it. Do you want to give him a pep talk? And he's like, yeah, just just drive drive the car. Uh, Ricardo's not going to leave. No, 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 no. Yeah, we're very confident. He's going to stay. Oh, oh, he's yeah. leaving. And then he just sort of has a bit of a snark at Sir Lebeatable. But he actually says, we had no idea he was leaving. It's like, don't admit that. Yeah. <laughs> you look like a bellend. Somebody, well, I, I didn't put it in the script, but somebody else on Facebook said, did, did you think that the, the interactions between him and Jerry... Jerry Halliwell, Jerry Horner from the Spice Girls uh, were really awkward as well. Well, of course they were awkward. That was the first time they'd seen each other all year. It's like, look, darling, we have to pretend to be married for the documentary. And was it me? Because I, I actually went to Wikipedia to look this up. When they had the shots inside the house, there were loads of kids running around. And I looked it up and they don't have that many kids between them. I was like, where have all these children come from and why are they at their house? The extra agency. <laughs> So, away from the streaming services, Ferrari have been cheating, or have they, maybe? The FIA can't decide whether the mysterious engine improvements that the team had last year were legit or not, and, after trying to investigate, have shrugged their shoulders and closed the case without revealing the details of why. The other teams were, perhaps understandably, rather knocked, and in a rare moment of F1 unity, came together to jointly announce their fury. So, from my understanding, Last year, Ferrari had an engine thing that was possibly illegal. So Ferrari's engine was very fast. Very fast. At one point in the season. And everyone went, hang on a minute, Ferrari (laughs) cheated, which turns out they might have been. So the FIA did like a six-month investigation of the engine and went, something's not right here, but we can't work out what it is because these engines are too complicated so we can't definitively prove you're cheating but look at your fucking faces you're cheating so they then had an agreement with Ferrari to say well we don't know what they said because it's a secret agreement they, but, but they dropped the case was the yes they dropped the case they basically a went confidential settlement so they basically went behind closed doors now don't do it again <laughs> And that's it. We don't know what happened. And all the teams are now going, well, what, what were they doing? What was a cheat? What, why can't we? If, and if you can't find it, we can do it. What's going on? And everyone's pissed off. But what was unusual? I mean, that's because let's face it, that's not unusual. <laughs> so far, so classic F1. Yeah. What was unusual is all the other teams jointly released a press release at the same time. Because I'm on all, the, all the, the email lists for all the teams' press releases. And suddenly, all at once, within the space of a minute, all the teams emailed me with exactly the same statement. And I've never seen that before. That's, no, that's rare, like, isn't it? I mean, trying to get F1 teams to agree on anything is, is like herding cats. So they were really pissed off. And mm-hmm. they made a stand. And they said, this will not stand. We will resort to legal things if necessary. But then coronavirus came. And I don't know. I think everyone's probably forgotten about it already now, haven't they? No, I think this is going to rumble on. You reckon? It's going to rumble We're going to see something happen at the Plaster Concorde in June. Maybe. When some people have a meeting. With lots of dead bodies everywhere. It's <laughs> <laughs> just Toto aside. Wolf going, I told you they cheated. No, like, no one cares, Toto. The fucking world's annihilated. It's just you and Lewis Hamilton left. Still angry about that corner. Whoa. So it's been a while since a country with a dubious human rights record has touted to host a Grand Prix, right? Well, excellent news. Unless you are a woman or a gay. Saudi Arabia looks like it's gearing up to host a race in the future as it continues its sports-washing way into the world's consciousness, thanks to the realisation that all that oil won't last forever and it needs some other income. The country's national energy company, Aramco, has signed up as a partner of F1, joining the big five of Rolex, Emirates, Pirelli, Heineken and DHL. That probably means that the GP that the country's been idly discussing for a while now will probably take several steps closer to reality. And yet it will be shit. Probably, although apparently this is not going to be a track designed by Herman Tilke. Don't care. There's no good racing in the deserts. The- Apart from the Paris-Dakar rally. Uh- there's Every never now and again, Bahrain's been, Bahrain's no, been all right. No, don't, no, no, it's been all right. Is that the best you can say? Now and again, it's been all right. Yeah. That's not good enough. That's the payoff for the human rights Do you want to abuses? throw gay rights under a bus just so that a race can be all right? I don't want to. Oh, but, you know, Chica. it's F1. It's going to happen. <laughs> I'm just literally oh. looking at the um, looking at the uh, the calendar now for the races, and I'm trying to find which com- countries don't have some sort of dubious human rights thing. And there's actually precious few of them. So while I'm sort of outraged about this sports washing... Vietnam. uh, Probably one of the better ones, yeah. Thank you. Um, But Australia, not good with with migrants at the moment. Very racist. Bahrain. Very racist. Yeah, yeah. Hello to all of our Australian friends. I'm not saying... I mean, let's face it, all the people listening are white in Australia because they're all racist. (laughs) We're not saying that the people are racist. (laughs) Terry's saying that, but I'm not. Azerbaijan, 
racist. <laughs> um, Are we going to list all the races now? Yeah, let's go through all 22. All the 22 races. Austria. I mean, nothing bad's happened in Austria. But, um, <laughs> but I don't know. This is just Hit another... I loved Formula One. <laughs> <laughs> so remember when drivers changed their helmet designs every race and it got really confusing? That was all stamped out a couple of years back when rules were updated to say you had to pick a design and stick to it apart from on special occasions. Well, that rule's gone again now, so expect Sebastian Vettel to spend most of his salary on different helmets again. This is fake news. No, not news. No, unimportant news, because you can't see their helmets behind the halo anyway. I so, still am baffled it. by the fact that they haven't realised that they could decorate their, their halos. In different Make the colours. halo, yeah, yeah, exactly. Make the halo individual. I mean, yeah, do the helmet colours yeah. on the halo. It <laughs> seems so obvious. Or Fairy tinsel. lights. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, fine. I mean, uh, uh, Formula like, E has the lights on it. You know where um, trucks have like a creepy teddy bear? Yes. <laughs> stapled to the front of a truck. Yeah, yeah, that's that. seen some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, aerodynamically <laughs> dubious. <laughs> yeah, but then you'd see the teddy bear design war. The white to it. <laughs> like incredibly aerodynamic, skanky teddy bears. Adrian Dewey's skanky teddy. Another t shirt. There you go. We got an episode title. Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at for f one sake. Find us on Facebook where we're for f one sake, or email us at wrong at ffones.com. And thank you to all of the people that have donated uh, to the show in the off season. They are Paul hey. Hewings. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. He's a friend of mine. He's a great guy. Donald Griffin. Donald. Thank you, Donald. Not a friend of mine, but a great guy. Charlie Fraser. I know someone called um, Michael. Parkinson. You don't, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Just making it up to make a point and it's backfired. Yeah. Thank you. What was his name? Michael Parkinson. Brendan Fraser. Fraser. <laughs> Thank you, Charlie. Keith Falconer. I hope he likes... Keith Falconer could be a she. Is what? Keith a woman's Keith name? Keith could be a woman's name. Can it? I mean, you know, fine if it is. I've never heard of a female Keith. Could be like Charlie. I mean... Yeah, but it's not, is it? <laughs> Of all the, th- of all the battles to pick, <laughs> Keith is a woman's name. I mean, we literally just had someone called Charlie and you didn't say this then. No, but uh, I thought about doing it, but Keith, then I missed it. Keith, I thought, one of you, I thought one of you might say he, and so I'd, I'd say no she. And so when Keith came up, he said okay. he, yeah. so I thought I'd say... Okay. No, if you explain sexist. it, it's funny. Now I know what it's like when I talk. <laughs> Ralph Brynart. Mrs. Ralph. <laughs> that's a good name. Ralph Brynart. That's like a 30s film star name. I like that. Thank you, Ralph. Or Starlet. <laughs> well, yes. Bryce Davies. Thank you, Bryce. Bloke. Definitely a bloke. Yeah, he's name been, like, like, he's been around a while. name like Bryce. <laughs> Solid manly name. Yep. Ian Cox. Could be a female Cox. <laughs> Thank you, Ian. Top Coxing. He's been a long-term listener. Paul Hinton. Not a long beautiful fan. South. I made that joke. Yeah, last year, it before. We made the same really joke. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But that's what you pay your money for. You know, you pay the money for the synapses in my brain to do the same route every time I hear your name. But thank you for it, Paul. Christopher Lee. No comment. <laughs> thank you, Christopher. Loving your work. All of these people have taken out a voluntary subscription. Apart from Keith, who's just cancelled his. <laughs> hers, sorry. <laughs> Helping us keep in beer all year round. Join them by going to ff1s.com forward slash. What is it? Do it properly this beer, time. Beer, beer. What is it? It's the first of the season. You've got to do it properly. Pint, drink, drink, drink. Pint, pint, Drink, drink, drink. I'll change well, it. You won't. <laughs> I, I might. ff1s.com forward slash pint, pint, pint. The last pint is silent. <laughs> take a look at the teams and how they fared pre-season so we'll start with mercedes looking as though they are favorites again mercedes ran the most often the fastest and generally looked the complete package again but were a few engine stoppages something to worry about and the fuck is up with their steering wheel that's a very good question well done well done Thanks, well done so See the steering year. wheel thing do you feel like they got caught out by that, like they weren't expecting? Because it was the first time that testing has had cameras and they had the camera in the cockpit. Suddenly, they cut to Lewis Hamilton putting the steering wheel backwards. No, there's always some kind of footage from testing, isn't there? No, it's normally just like CCTV they have. It's like, it's not... I mean, I'm sure they've factored that in. No, I, mean, I think they've just come up with a genuinely good 
a proper classic F1 bit of clever Oh, yeah, but I don't think they wanted people to find out during <clears throat> testing. I don't think they thought... Yeah, maybe, but I think the overall kind of like, well, we've got to find out if it works, probably overruled, well, we don't want anyone to see it. Cause every, so they, what, what does it do, Phil? Right, so basically, if you haven't seen it, if you imagine the in-car camera uh, with Lewis Hamilton, he's going down a straight, coming up to a corner, he can push and pull his steering wheel in and out as if you were adjusting it in a normal road car, for example, which normally... If that happens, something's gone wrong. But the way this apparently works is it adjusts the toe of the, that's T-O-E, of the front wheels, which is basically microscopic changes to the alignment of the front wheels, which very simply makes them more efficient in a straight line. You can basically set the wheels up slightly different so they wear slightly less in a straight line or get slightly more grip in a corner. And it's another one of these tiny little marginal gains that no one else has thought of and because there are a lot of rules on movable suspension bits and all this kind of stuff the fact that they've done it in a slightly comical way where he's basically just pulling and pushing on the steering wheel like it's a child's toy means they've got round these rules and they're changing the steering and not the suspension and therefore legal although not legal from 2021 but for 2020 legal so are the other teams going to try and develop their own thing uh are they just going to go, ah, we don't think it'll work? Is it, in fact, even something that gives them much uh, much advantage at all? Or is it just throwing everybody else off the scent by just going, oh, look at this, while they're doing something else? Well, it's a bit like when they had the F-Duck thing a few years ago where you'd put your knee against a hole or your hand against a hole and it would do something with a channel. And I just think there's a lot more scope for drivers to... Because drivers, let's face it, they're pretty lazy. They're basically using their hands and their feet and the rest of the body is doing nothing. Yeah, it's easy. I think drivers should be like a kind of one-man band in the cockpit, have a cymbal, their elbows are a little thing. <laughs> you know, they want to they want to go on the radio. They've got to do. They've got something with their elbow. They've got like a big kind of <laughs> air horn thing above them. And you know, I they should think start incentivizing it within the rules. Yeah, yeah. Like if you can play along to the F1 theme tune yeah, with yeah. some cymbals in the air box. And if they put like things on the back of their head so they can plug up different holes as they go along the circuit. <laughs> You inside know. the helmet like. yeah yeah and if they fart down a tube <laughs> it gives them a bit extra downforce on the straight like hip thrusts yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. there's so much they could no, do that's a great idea yeah that's it they could put like a, a sex toy <laughs> like a fleshlight and the, 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 the more they it's like DRS what's the one they had they used to have Curs. so it's just like on the on the corners they, they have to energise the battery <laughs> and shag for speed it, they let it all out on the straights this is where you can hear them in the radio going. It brings a whole new meaning to pump the brakes, doesn't it? But yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think it's a great little thing. I think this is another classic little, you know, like the F duck, like the double diffuser, just engineers doing something clever that nobody else has thought of. And they bring it, and everyone goes, the fuck is that? And then they go, oh shit, this might work. We'd probably de- better develop our own one. Red Bull! Since the hybrid era, the Red Bull has been known for two things a car with a high rake and totally shit for the first third of the season, thereby ruining any championship hope. This year, though, they seem to have a quick car and maybe two quick drivers. What is going on? Can we also just say, before we get onto the Red Bull thing, Alex Albon in the Netflix thing, he's great. Lovely chap. He's my new favourite driver yeah. this year. I want him to beat Verstappen, Ooh. hands down. Yeah. I want him to annihilate Verstappen. Yeah. I want Verstappen to be a quivering wreck by the end of the year because he got beaten by Alex Albon. Yeah. Terry, I mean, he won't. you would want any driver to beat Max Verstappen. No, he likes do you remember he likes Verstappen, end of last year I changed my tack to go I like Verstappen because I don't like right. Leclerc keep up. I so now I hate Verstappen again So how I like many, Albon. How many races in are you going to be like fuck Albon, he's a dick, I hate him. Well, Would you say Bahrain? Probably when he catches the virus. <laughs> okay. But he'll be um, in a press conference and he'll cough and I'll just be like, oh, fuck him. <laughs> no, he did come across very well. What a, what a nice chap. Yeah. Lived with his mum. Mum seems a bit dodgy though. Blimey, Charlie. Yeah, what a hell of a story. No, um, that's not libelous because she has been in jail for fraud. Yes. Uh, but no, it's great. But then like towards the end, I noticed they skipped over this. Like at the beginning, they're all like, oh, he's at home with his mum and he's just a homeboy. And then a couple of episodes later, he's at home with his mum, but he gets into his brand new Aston Martin. And you're like, okay, well, he's not quite such a homeboy. And then at the end, he just moves to Monaco. <laughs> it's Fuck like, her. Yeah, I live here She's now. She's been holding me yeah. Um, yeah, Red Bull does look rather good. Yeah. Like maybe, probably not quite as good as the Mercedes, but probably the second best car. Number two. 
which uh, yeah. based based on testing, which as we all know is a very reliable guide mm. to how the season is going to go. Um, it does look pretty good. Verstappen's pretty good. Albon's done pretty well, although still not fully proven. Nice smile, say. though. Nice smile. Lovely boy. Do you know what? One thing about that vers- the Netflix documentary, it really <coughs> made Verstappen look quite ugly. Every what, time you mean the camera is? Not, yeah. not flattering, was it? Not, not flattering fl- on him. Not. He's not got a good face. The, like, the older uh, he gets, the less attractive he, he is. Put, he started off quite ugly. At his character design, he put more into talent than face. You yeah. might, right, He's going to regret that. Let's not I get mean, bitchy. Ferrari, because we're, we're never bitchy. <laughs> flying through them, are we? Is that, is that all we're going to say about Ferrari. the technical intricacies of the Red Bull? Okay. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Technical, what we're going to say about the Red Bull is that Al- Albon's got a nice smile and Max Verstappen is ugly. <laughs> oh, and they made a car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you want to go to fucking Miss Apex? Because th- they'll like your insight. <laughs> Ferrari. After totally redacted cheating last year, Ferrari have come with an engine that is coincidentally a bit down on power. But it's okay because they've done a secret handshake under the table with the FIA and there is nothing to see here. Will this be Vettel's last year and how will Leclerc cope with being the third best team? Yes, it'll be Vettel's last year. Leclerc will acquit himself very well because he's a very good driver. No, he won't. He'll be bitching on the radio. You reckon? Watching him in fifth place, he will be shitting himself. Like when, when, when the bloody racing point is ahead of him, he will be going mental and saying, I demand this, I demand that. Are they going to be quite shit? Because the, 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 the general consensus about Ferrari seems to be... That they've stopped cheating and they apparently they were good because they were cheating. <laughs> they might be in a bit of trouble this year. Yes. Like not, you know, Williams trouble, but not... Maybe not in the top, certainly not in the top two, maybe not in the top three. Yep. But they have got one very good driver and one pretty good driver with four world championships. And they're based in a country that's on entire lockdown right now. So yeah, so they've, got nothing, go they've got nothing else to do but work on the car. <laughs> um, it'll be interesting, won't it? Because mm. how long has it been now since they've won a championship? 1946. 1946, yeah. the year my dad was born. So not in my dad's lifetime, because he was born in December, has he seen a Ferrari championship? So I don't think he's going to, you know, he's in his 70s now. dad's the same age as Freddie Mercury would be. They're very similar people. Yeah. McLaren. McLaren got a podium in Brazil. Can they continue that momentum in 2020? Testing suggests maybe. Carlos Sainz seemed pretty happy. Lando Norris less so. But that might just be because he was completely cut out of the Netflix series. Yeah, it was was hardly in it at all, was he? There was a lot of fucking Carlos's... Dick Cousin. <laughs> oh, what was a his name? Cacao? Coco? Just, uh, we're just like, he's just there with his sensible glasses swearing at things and shit. Yes! You just know that everyone in McLaren hates that guy. <laughs> just like everyone's there going, oh, fucking him again. Look, we, we can't do anything about him. He's his cousin. Yeah. Oh, God. That's he thinks he's his agent or something. I we saw know. Lando at the behind the scenes of the car launch and then really not again at all. Which, I mean, maybe he, maybe he is, memes is all he is. Maybe without his memes, he's nothing. And Netflix were just like this guy, boring as sin. Because um, yeah, a young, a young rookie, a young feisty rookie with an internet following, you'd think he'd have a load of, uh, a load yeah. of stuff, but no. Um, anyway, but again, car, again, quite ugly. <laughs> I don't know. Picture him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Racing I mean, point. <laughs> okay. Is that, is that all we're doing about? Nothing about the car. <laughs> What looks? Th- we've done this podcast for five years this year. Do you think we care about the fucking cars? <laughs> Car looks all right. Maybe not that great. Maybe not that bad. Thank you. Five years it took to get to that. <laughs> <laughs> and my nomination for driver of the year <laughs> is Juan Manuel Fangio. <coughs> Raising point. After years of trying to eat new performance out of its age-old design, next year's Aston Martin said, "Fuck it." Chucked out the old, chucked the old car in the bin, built a rip-off of the 2019 Mercedes, or did they? Yes, they did, and have fully admitted it. Still, testing went well as a result, and tracing point, good one, looks like being one of the top midfield teams. Can I just ask, Phil, did you come up with tracing point did on your I, own? Did. No, I stole it from someone else. Can't remember who. Oh, really? No. I was about to give you like a proper congratulations. I'll take it. Because that is the best joke we've ever hey, had on f Those that can do, those that can't steal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, this is... I quite, I quite like this new 
this new racing point approach of just like, right, what car won last year? Right, we're going to do that. This has got Lawrence Stroll <laughs> written all over it. He's going, right, so, so Lawrence, you brought into the team, and the way it works is we make this thing every year, and he goes, yeah, but it's shit. Yeah, but we make it every year, and, you know, it's the point about Formula 1 is you're a constructor, you've got to design your own car. They're good. I want that. You can't afford that. That's why you brought us. Copy them or you're fired. Is that like, all right? <laughs> and what's quite funny is they literally did copy them like it's not like mercedes like the rules say and i'm pretty sure they didn't the rules say that mercedes can't just give them the designs of the old car they mm -hmm. literally had to just get photos and then see if they could recreate from the photos what it was and how it did and all the various little aerodynamic intricacies and Which, it seems like it's worked but if you look at it from a certain angle there's just lots of like wooden struts <laughs> holding it up <laughs> it, i mean it, it is a, an absolute ripoff of the of, of last year's mercedes with a few little modern embellishments to to come up with the new rules but seems to have worked they look pretty good in testing well it's a good idea isn't it i mean the worst thing about it is it's fucking genius because you go well hang on a minute instead of trying to make something why don't we just copy the best thing there are enough photos and digital cameras and things at events now that you can get every bloody angle from everything you know there's 3d scanners and shit all that kind of stuff so you can actually do a you know a pretty good job of copying and then you've got great designers and engineers that can work out the gaps and stuff and improve it and it's a brilliant idea but it's yeah. terrible for the sport great idea i mean i'm all right with it at this point I mean, at this rate, Williams will come in next year and they'll have copied, like, a Williams from three years ago. <laughs> I bet they'll have copied this year's Mercedes, but it'll be 2021. <laughs> won't be we finally did it. <laughs> Illegal. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, is it too late to put a cheeky fiver on Sergio Perez for the championship? I mean, it's not too late, but... Podium? Reckon we could see him on the podium? He'll get, he'll get a legit Lance podium. get another podium? I think they'll both get legit podiums, like, not on kooky races, like, proper... Ooh. Not, not wet races where everyone's yeah, yeah. crashed. So, Phil, you put down a fiver for Perez no, no, to be I world said, champion. Yeah, I said I, I asked a question. I didn't commit myself to anything. But I Come will on. commit. For the first time ever on this podcast, I will commit one pound. Oh, for fuck's sake. Come on, five pound. To Battersea uh, Cats Home, because fuck the Dogs Trust. They've okay. got so much money off us, haven't they, Terry? Oh, shit. <laughs> I knew there's something I had to do. <laughs> we genuinely should probably donate some of our beer money to the Dogs Trust. No, fact, can you imagine if somebody from the Dogs Trust is listening and they're like, oh, this is brilliant, we're going to save so many dogs from the chop. And they're Do all you know dead. how many dogs have been killed? So many. <laughs> Since I last um, spoke about this. I'll, I'll, put, I'll put a quid right now. I'll put a quid on Sergio Perez and Lance Stroll both, ha both having a podium this season. Hang on a bit, but how does that work? So... You're saying you put it for the cat, so you're, you're placing a bet. If they don't, I will send one pound to Battersea Cats Home. And if they do, the Battersea Cats, Cats Home send you a pound. Get to kill a cat. Wow. I bet that a Formula One driver will die of coronavirus this Jesus. year. Jesus. <laughs> Alpha Tauri, same team, new name. Tori Blanco have kept their lineup of Red Bull rejects, but now they're clad in a snazzy new paint scheme. Testing suggests Alpha Nomeo have a well-balanced but quite slidey car that should be fairly easy to control, even if super race pace might take a bit of work. I think, once again, best-looking car on the grid. Pierre Gasly really comes across like a bit of a... Like a what? Bit of a dick. Really? I thought the opposite. I thought he came across well, pretty well. Actually, no, maybe not dick's the right word. Maybe he came across a bit short in terms of height height very short but the fact that he was pretty shit in the Red Bull then good in the Toro Rosso just made him look like he's actually a bit shit I mean they didn't explain there was I think one line where they said oh, the Red Bull's quite hard to drive compared to the Toro Rosso yeah and that was it but yeah they maybe didn't they probably should have emphasised that a bit more because yeah you're right but overall I thought he came across as a as a very nice chap what a rollercoaster of a year he had he's much more French than I realised <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad thing. I just don't think I'd ever heard him talk. I mean, what were you expecting? Oh, lads! <laughs> just like he's just got a very thick French accent. I mean, he's French. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't know. I just there's so a lot. When, when you said he's more French, and you realised, as in he's, he's, he's French. French. <laughs> I thought, no, I knew he was French. I just thought when he spoke, he'd be a bit French, like he's being brought up in the UK. But he's actually very French. <laughs> He this is. is Brexit Britain. These things matter. He is. And he's in a snazzy looking How car How French year. are you? <laughs> <laughs> On a scale. I'm not going to do the scale. Um, 
nice looking car. Seems like it's all right. The gen, the, the, from what I was reading, it seems like it's a nicely balanced car. It's quite hard, It's quite good to drive quite quick. It's the last little bit where it starts getting a little bit slidey. So maybe loses some speed, but not slidey in a kind of, oh shit, I'm going to crash kind of way. Just cool. I could be going faster. So if, they, if they can nail that down, then, I mean, it's such a weird old team, isn't it? With two drivers who came up through the junior system, and I've went got to that no team, chance. got promoted to the top team, and got demoted again. And can you, I mean, obviously Red Bull is a law into itself, but can you envisage a possible situation where either of those drivers drive for Red Bull again? No. No. Because even if Albon turns out to just have completely like if Max Verstappen leaves to go to Ferrari or something like a big shock like that, or gets coronavirus, or gets coronavirus, (laughs) or looks in the mirror. (laughs) 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 Oh, I've started this year like a. I actually don't know who's who are their reserve drivers these days. I don't know. Well, they don't have them, do they? Because they just got Sergio Sey, Camera, I think, Uh, exactly. And somebody else. Yeah. Anyway, Christian Clean. Well, we'll just have to wait and see. Hey. This year, this year, has aiming to not have an episode on Netflix and to be quiet in the background, like Alfa Romeo. They say they've learnt from last year and this year's car won't have any mysterious things that will make it rubbish. But what about Roman Grosjean? Roman Grosjean did a great quote today saying that the modern inequality in F1 is the equivalent of giving Roger Federer a ping pong bat to play against, um, who's another good tennis player? Sampras. (laughs) Sure. Ronaldo. Jeremy Bates. There you go. All I thought when I read that was, I reckon if you gave Roger Federer a ping pong bat, he'd still be really fucking good. (laughs) If I went up against Roger Federer and I had a proper tennis bat and trainers and he was barefoot with a ping pong bat, he'd still thrash me. Absolutely. And I'm, you know, I'm good at tennis. I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) The house does look like it might be a bit shit. Well, what, because they've not been great in testing. They've gone from... A really quick car that was a bit hard to work out to a quick car that went weirdly bad. And this year they've tried to understand their car, which means get it down to the thickest person in the team. So that <laughs> so now Grosjean can understand it <laughs> and it's quite slow. Part of me would quite like Haas to be good. Why? Just because they're the new boys and I like an underdog they're not they? new they're five years Alpha Tauri that's a new team hey, it's not though is it it is I've never heard of them until like ten minutes ago <laughs> <laughs> but then part of me thinks that the Netflix next year would be okay here's my bet five pound to Donald Trump's election campaign oh Jesus oh Christ Gunter Steiner will be fired this year ooh so if he gets fired Trump producer Matt write that down He's writing it down. He's got a quill. And if, if he gets fired, Trump gets nothing. If he stays till the end of the year, I have to give Trump a fiver. Shit. What if that makes the difference? Well, that'll be after the election, so it won't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and he can only serve two terms. Maybe. Although, well, yeah. Yeah, harsh. Shaky. Harsh. <laughs> Reno! This is the final year of the initial phase of their project. So this year, Renault are set to be the world champions. Except it's more likely that they'll end up lost in the midfield because it didn't look like that they had a particularly good testing. With a car that wasn't particularly keen on going around corners properly, will Ricardo still be there in 2021? Will Renault still be there in 2021? It's just been a bit embarrassing, isn't it, really? Mm. I mean, what can we say... The problem is they've over-promised and not even under... They've just not delivered, have they? So they kept going, it's three years, three-year project and we'll be fighting the blah, blah, blah. And they've just screwed it all up. And now they've got rid of Hulkenberg that everyone liked. Mm-hmm. They've got Ocon in, who's going, oh, the relationship with Ricardo is much better than it was with Perez. And it's like, well, yeah, you haven't whacked into him in a race yet. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a couple of races and you'll be at each other's fucking throat. What do you think their relationship will be like? Do you think that they will be... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think Ocon has got a lot to prove. So he wants to try and beat so the big guy. So he'll be quite an aggressive So he'll be quite aggressive again, because that's what he's like. Yeah. And I think Ricardo is on the back foot now, so he's going to have to be quite aggressive. And they're going to be in a shit car. The car doesn't look great again. Yeah, th- th- I'm now slightly worried in retrospect and having had two points that I might have mixed up the Haas with the Renault in testing. But let's assume that I haven't. Uh, the Renault definitely didn't look good in testing. No, they not look good in testing. I think Ocon's a better driver than Hulkenberg. 
as well as have a different temperament, I think he'll. I think yeah, but I think that's why he's going to be more up against Ricardo. I think they're going to be argy bargy. Is this going to break Ricardo's spirit? Yep, again. Because he's <laughs> got to be a little bit less cocksure this year. Yep. He already got flattened by Verstappen. Now he's going to get flattened by Ocon. Oh. That's going to crush him. Or will he? You haven't had a bet yet, Chica. I don't gamble, not like you. Well. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! This time last year. Producer Matt has just stepped onto the mic. It's a very special day. Uh, Chica bet £50. 50 wow. That Giovinazzi would be racing this year. Oh. Oh, he is. And Terry bet that he's oh. not at Alfa Romeo. So Terry has to pay 50 quid to Chica? Ah. <laughs> you going to make me do this? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, That's been my year. Great. Okay, well, so you've taking got a, money from me. You've what? got a really good record on this, Chica. I feel like you should come up with another. Right, Alfa Romeo. Fresh not being included at all in the Netflix documentary. Alfa Romeo will not be included at all on this podcast. Fair enough. Williams. <laughs> Last year, Williams couldn't even get to the first couple of days of testing and were shit slow when they finally did arrive. This time they turned up ready to go on day one and were more than a second faster than they were last year, but sadly still shit slow. Nevertheless, could this be the year that they edge slightly closer to the next slowest team? And who's this new Canadian rich boy? Nicholas Latifi. Yes, Queen Latifi. Tits and TV. <laughs> um, I mean, maybe slightly less disastrous for for Williams this year. They've got some money. <laughs> maybe slightly less shit for Williams this year. They've got extra money. They've got one very good driver. One Nicholas TV. There's a T-shirt. Who? I don't think he's going to give Russell any trouble at all. Oh, no, no, no. He's going to be... He's very experienced. He's been racing in GP2 for like seven years or something. Okay. And he... Great. (laughs) It's like a kid who's been held back in class. No, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So, and he was... He was never particularly great. He's very big for school uniform. He's won a couple of races, but... He's well, you not. Would. If you've been driving so for seven years, you'd, you'd love hope, to have a race or you, two. Yeah. When you look at the other ones that come in and do like one, maybe two years, yeah. win the championship, get into F1. Yeah. Um, Is it because no one else would drive for Williams? He's 45. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, in my, I mean he's, he's richer than Stroll. His dad is very wealthy. Yeah. So he so why, brings why a big pile of cash because he's not good enough to get a seat anywhere else. Got you. Um, got you. But I think that Russell's going to be in the midfield this year. It might be. I mean, I think Russell's good enough that if the car oh, will let really? him, yeah. he might start getting, you know, especially if the Haas's and the Renaults are looking a bit shitty and yeah. the Alphas are there. But I don't expect... So I expect Russell giving, to absolutely trounce Latifi. You're not giving Williams any credit here. You're just saying that they're, um, that they're going to be worse than Williams. You're not saying that Williams are actually No, I think, be I think Williams have got past. a less terrible car this year. Right. And I think that Williams have got a very good driver in George Russell. And if okay. the car will let him on certain tracks where maybe it suits the car, so I think the Russell general, could get yeah, up there. I think the general consensus last year was that the the gap between Mercedes and the ninth car, the gap between the ninth car and Williams was bigger. Yeah, because they were slow. so far off the so back. Slow. And now they've caught up to the back at the very least. And if they're at the back, George Russell's good enough to get a bit further. Yes, and but it'll be George Russell, not the other one. So now it's time for the feature that we keep true to our heart. Since 2015, Terry Saunders has told it like it is. And most importantly, he has never sold out to make sure you get his unvarnished opinion. And he never will. It's time for the State of F1 with Terry Saunders. Every year, the rules of F1 bring out something unexpected for the baying public who just want nice-looking cars to go fast around the track. But this year, with mostly rule stability, it was expected that it will be really a continuation of last year. But we didn't take a worldwide pandemic into consideration. (laughs) Ferrari are based in the part of Italy that has it bad, and now the whole country is shut down like a lazy xenophobic cliché. Bloody Greeks. (laughs) But don't worry, I have a solution. 
If Italy is shut off, does that mean that Ferrari can't go back to the factory? Will they be stuck in Australia all year? Whilst the other teams go around Monaco, will there be a split screen as two Ferraris go around the reopened streets in Melbourne at the same time <laughs> on a Top Gear-style recreation of Monte Carlo? Or, whilst we're all self-isolating, maybe a bunch of people merrily travelling the world in defiance of travel bans will be the rallying point we all need. Maybe next year's Netflix doc will have Alex Albon in the role of a latter-day Michael Palin trying to get around the world in 22 races, getting carriage on an old steamship to Australia, or hitching a ride with a nomadic tribe into Bahrain, and not travelling in jets or articulated lorries. Trump has announced that the coronavirus test will be free in the US. Matt Hancock has said that statutory sick pay has been extended in the UK. Come on, Sky. It's time to do the decent thing and waive your fees this year. Make F1 the cohesive community point it never so far has been. Every... <laughs> Every week we can tune in to see if Ted Kravitz has a dry cough, if Martin Prundle has breathing problems, or if David Croft has died. And if you don't, then we'll illegally stream it just to spite you. If you agree with any of this, or some of this, or, or none of it, then... All of it. All of it. I agree with everything it, I say. Then you can buy us a beer and go to ff1s.com forward slash... Coronavirus. <laughs> That is it from us. It is goodbye to Phil Trobins. We haven't had time to talk about the new Zandvoort circuit, which we had our first look at. Max Verstappen went round it. It looks like a lovely track that you will not be able to overtake on. Banking, though. Hmm. And to Terry Saunders. We've not had time to talk about our new logo. So you might notice if you look at the podcast artwork or you've been on the iTunes store when you left us a nice review, thank you very much, that um, we have new logo art this year because last year the FIA... After I applied for a job with Formula One, mysteriously, coincidentally, binned our logo <laughs> and gave us a copyright notice. And so this year, I've tried very hard. Come to a settlement with them. Well, it's a secret <laughs> settlement. And basically, I can reveal the, the, the secret settlement is I've got to use something that isn't their logo. <laughs> um, turns out it's quite hard. I really, my whole design career is based on pop culture references that only I'd understand. So. What I've done is you look look at your screen now. Doesn't have any bearing on any logo you might recognise, except maybe Etten Senna's helmet, Question of Sport, and Grandstand. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> aside from that, it's fucking fine. We'll be back next week to discuss the Australian Grand Prix in the unlikely event that it actually happens. But I the really me- hope it doesn't. In the meantime, though, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake. Follow us on Twitter at for F1's sake. Terry, where can you buy stuff with our new where logo Where can you buy all the on? new t-shirt designs? There will be a lot of new t-shirt designs by the time this comes up. Failing that in a couple of weeks <laughs> because of stockpiling, bog roll, coronavirus stuff. You know, I don't control the shops. The t-shirts come from China, maybe. Don't know. Um, anyway, go to ff1s.com forward slash shop, shop, shop. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I don't even know why that's funny. Thanks for listening. OG guys. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.